Bossa Fecton, the Bossa Fecton. You know that you bless chess. Tell you a boss in your drip in your Welcome every step. Boss Effect this Podcast. Thing out. This thing out. Podcast that helps you carefully rock in life and business. The show where you learn what it takes to be your own boss. Your one-stop shop for tips, tools, and resources. Your sweet spot for digital online business startup. When you are looking for your next step in life and business, we've got you covered. Where emerging entrepreneurs come to level up their game. With your hosts, powerhouse performance couple, expert leaders, Sean Seven and Queen Kimmy. Coach Drew is speaker, a author, a consultant, and anxiety parenting coach. Coach Drew is a gifted speaker who helps tired, frustrated, and worried parents who don't know how to help their anxious children learn to increase their calm and confidence using healthy and healing communication. Help us welcome Coach Drew to the Boss Effect Podcast. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I am Coach Drew, and I am a boss. So, Coach Drew, tell us a little bit about yourself, man. Oh, well, I where do I start? I am a husband. I've got two little ones, nine and six. I've been in the mental health professional profession for over 17 years now. And I love it because there's always more to learn. Learning, healing, and growing is what I'm all about. So I've grown through my own experiences of anxiety and depression. And, and I take that and all that I've learned and all that I want to pass on to the next generation and my family. And I want to share with other people. It's, it's essential for parents to understand and be equipped it's not enough to just love your kids. I was sitting with my daughter just a couple summers ago and she, uh, we were all laughing and having a good time in the backyard and all of a sudden she stops laughing and I could feel her press up into my side and she wasn't even breathing anymore. And that's when I noticed she was focused on a bee. And now I know a lot of people don't like bees, but her fear was so intense that it triggered panic in me. Like I said, I got 17 years as a mental health professional, but as a dad, I panicked. I was like, oh my God, like, this is bad. I got to do something about this. So that's what I did. I went through all of my learning personally, professionally, and pulled out all the best stuff that I could find. And I started to apply it woven into our conversations. That's the healing communication. And to be honest with you, the most important thing that I did in that moment was I got an understanding of what she was seeing. I saw things from her perspective. And until we see things from the other person's perspective, we're not going to be able to help them because we won't be able to empathize. And that's the thing that I want to leave with people. It's one thing to feel anxious, but it's another thing to feel alone with that anxiety and judged and criticized and ashamed because of that anxiety. And most of the time when we interact with people who have intense emotions, anxiety in particular, we dismiss their concerns because they're not ours. Or because we share the same concern, we kind of want to push them through it as fast as possible. But I've found that healing communication often starts with that empathy where you you listen in a way that you get it. And that's one of the things that I help people to do. Yeah. Cool. So Drew, a quick question, man. I want to know, how does a parent that's dealing with anxiety themselves, if they were in that same scenario, how would they try to help their child that's dealing with anxiety if they both 
you know what I'm saying, got the same thing going on? How, how, right. how do you help them out in that situation? So, yeah, how do parents who are feeling anxious themselves help their kid with anxiety? You know, it's a good question. And it's a it's a blessed burden. It's a blessing in disguise because you know what it's like. You know what that feeling of fear feels like. So you know what your kid is feeling, right? It might be a different topic, but you know the discomfort. You know that you don't want to feel like that, right? So as people go through the process with me, they start to understand the anxiety for themselves, right? So when they start to listen for themselves in a way that is empathetic, then they can share that empathy with their child because it's impossible for us as parents to give to our kids what we don't have and what we don't give to ourselves first, right? So when I say it's a blessed burden, it's a blessed experience, you get to learn and grow. And as you learn and grow, your child sees that, they witness that. Because children, yeah, you know, do what I say, do, don't, you know, don't do, don't follow me, just follow what I say. That doesn't work. Right. We don't... <laughs> hey, I'm from the South. It worked for a little bit. <laughs> right. For a little bit. And that's part of the problem. Right. They'll comply. They'll go along. But it's the deep interchange that doesn't happen. I heard one speaker say this and I wish I could remember his name, but he said, um, we we teach what we know, but we reproduce who we are. It's good. huh? Yeah, it's good. good. It's good. I can't. Yeah. We teach what we know but we reproduce who we are, right? So, you know, children learn the most by what they see. And it's not just children who are under age 10. I'm talking about teens, right? I'm talking about young adults. I'm talking about adult children, right? We get to this point where the relationship breaks down and parents don't understand why their kids don't respect them. A lot of the times it's because you told me one thing and you lived another. You know what, Coach Drew? Let me tell you. I remember one Sunday a few years ago, we were stationed in Fort Carson, Colorado, and we were coming from church, and I was the director of the uh, youth department. Yeah. And I was coming from church, and we were so excited. We were so, oh, my God. And we were in the car, and our kids were in the back seat, and they were so excited about what they learned that Sunday. And they said, Mom, Dad, we learned that when a person tells you not to do something and they do it themselves, they're a hypocrite. <laughs> We're like, yes, that's right. That's right. They're hypocrites. That's right, baby. And then it got quiet. Mm. And then one of our kids said, so <laughs> when you all tell us not to smoke, but you all smoke, that means you're a hypocrite. Mm. And we were like, well, well. Yeah, we had no comeback. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> Fast forward a few years later, we are not smoking. Smoke. <laughs> Look at that. Look at that. Look at that. Look at that. And I think it's important. I like the way you said, you know, anxiety can be something, a fear of a bee can be anxiety. You know, and then you mm -hmm. said, you know, if you're a parent dealing with anxiety, and, you know, for me, when I think of anxiety, you know, I think of um, as a speaker, I think of the fear of public speaking and, and you know, mm. social anxiety. So, Coach Drew, how do you define anxiety in the sense of the conversation we're having today? Yeah, sure. A very simple definition of anxiety is a picture of the future that's negative. 
whether it's a distant future or a near future, because what you picture on the screen of your mind, it, your body picks up on it as if it's real. It hasn't happened. It may never happen, but your body doesn't know that. So it's going to respond with anxiety as if, oh my goodness, this is actually happening. Right. So anytime you picture something that's negative about the future, you're going to feel anxious. It's a human response. However, then there are moments where that human response turns into a patterned way of thinking. Right. So it's good because we're all different. We're all wired different. So I have two girls and they're very different. While they both might experience anxiety because it's a human experience, one of them is more vulnerable or prone to worry right? I hear it in the language that she uses that my other child doesn't use as often. Like one, one example would be there, there are five thought patterns that I work with people around, but one of them is the negative what ifs. Well, what if this happens? And what if this happens? And what if, the, and she could be on that what if, what if, what if train for like ever, right? And I, and I know that that's a thought pattern. I know it's a way of thinking, but I also know she's picturing this and that's creating worry for her. Right. So again, back to what we talked about earlier, I can appreciate, okay, this is what you're imagining. I get that. And that I could see why you'd be worried about that. And I empathize with her. And then I use one of the exit strategies as like the off ramp of that, that, uh, of that, of that highway. Just say, okay, well, what, what if it doesn't actually happen that way? What if something else happens? What if something positive actually comes out of it? And right then and there, we start to open up to a new picture that's not negative. And the body starts to feel a little bit of relief, right? Because it's, it's on a different track. It's picturing a different uh, outcome. And that's 17 years of wisdom in the mental health profession speaking. Yes. Mm -hmm. Not just uh, in the mental health, he's also an author. And he's an author of the book called The Art of Genuine, Genuine Apology. Yes. A little bit on that. Yeah. So I'm pulling all the stops in this Help Them Be Brave program that I talk to parents in. And the second week, we talk about learning the language of the heart, right? I believe emotions are the language of the heart. And most of us do not speak with our emotions, right? We feel them, we live with them, we live from them, but we don't actually speak about them. So when we're not comfortable speaking about emotions, it becomes part of our family culture and we shut people down, right? We hurt people. If you are human, you're not going to be perfect, which means you are going to hurt somebody you love whether intentionally or unintentionally, but we're not prepared to address that emotional wound, that emotional injury. So when that happens, whether it's with your child, your brother, your sister, your mother, your father, that can be like a, a wall between the two of you. Like, I don't trust you. I'm not going to let you in because you hurt me and you probably hurt me multiple times. And even if you said, sorry, it didn't address it well enough, or it made it worse because you kept doing the same thing. Right. So the art of a genuine apology is not just about saying sorry and meaning it. No, no, no. That's a sincere apology. When I say genuine, I mean like it's a, a genuine artifact, like, you know, the Mona Lisa, their, their criteria, you know, it's this, 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 this. Well, a genuine apology is going to have humility. It's going to have empathy. It's going to have vulnerability, accountability, and responsibility. Those are the five values. If you miss one of those, it's not going to do the job. Saying sorry just because you want the, the, the thing to be over with, that's not going to cut it. So when you know the language of the heart and you can say, you know what? I'm sorry for doing this particular thing. And I imagine it impacted you this way. You felt this way. 
right? It moves it from here to here. And then you move into what you're going to do differently because a lot of people don't, they don't get there. They don't get there. So there's there's a formula. There's a four-part formula um, that's part of the genuine apology. And I've witnessed it used and people write to me. They talk to me about how they're using it. So it, it's it's effective. I think it's, uh, it's, it's really, really important. I love that. What is the bridge between anxiety, help them be brave, and the genuine apology? Good question. So anxiety, like any other emotion, it's an unpleasant experience. When we experience unpleasant emotions, it taps into a a desire and a need to feel loved and to be cared for and to be supported. And when we don't experience that, then we're left alone and we're disconnected, right? And it's hurtful. As children, we have expectations of our parents, right? We do. And when they don't meet those expectations, we feel hurt and it shapes us. On some level, it presses pause on our emotional development. When you don't get something from your parent, that part of you, it's 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 like stuck in time, right? So it prevents us from growing. It prevents us from being courageous and being brave. So as parents learn how to see the needs of their children and meet them, then they can also support them to be brave and courageous. Um, so that's the connection. And depending on the age of the child and depending on you know where they are in their life, you'll see it play out in different ways. But when we meet people who are 45, 50, 65, and they still behave like children, it's because they, they missed something along the way. Something happened that wasn't appropriately addressed. There's an emotional wound that wasn't addressed. So so it really doesn't matter when it happened or when you choose to address it, but it's good to know how to address it so that we can we can we can heal and we can grow and show up as the most mature version of ourselves because that's how I believe we fulfill our our purpose in life. You know, most of our listeners here at the Boss Effect podcast are first generation entrepreneurs, first and second generation entrepreneurs, and they are parents. And as such, we tend to attract a lot of high functioning anxiety people like Mm -hmm. myself with PTSD, you know, we go, 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 go. And I realized not a few years ago myself that I practice escapism from exactly what you just said. Mm -hmm. Even even so, as an adult, my company is Scatterbrain Kingdom, escapism, Mm -hmm. you know, from that Mm -hmm. trauma. And in doing that work and attracting tired, frustrated, worried parents, who want to increase not only our own calm, we want to be able to provide that for our kids. You know, yeah. when people come to my house, they say, your house is so quiet and so yeah, and, and so peaceful. And then our kids will say, yeah, because my mama couldn't stand noise. So we learned how to be quiet. <laughs> mm. So I totally can relate and understand what you're talking about. And I know that this is valuable. I can just think right now, three of our listeners right now, who are going to benefit from this conversation? How would they go about getting in touch with you? How would they go about contacting you? It's easy. You just go to my site, coachdrew.ca, and you will find every page is going to be a link to reach out to me. But um, the one you want to look for is the one that says for parents, where people get to schedule a 30-minute consultation with me. I call it a next step consultation because there are a lot of parts to dealing with anxiety and 
being a parent, different concerns. So during that 30 minutes, I help parents understand, okay, this is the very next step, right? So that's the best way to reach out to me. Drew, we about to get ready to get into this game. But before we jump to this game, I got to ask you, can you give our listeners out there three books that help shape and mold where you are right now in your life? Ooh, <laughs> not not the one that I read. <laughs> no, not the not the one that I wrote. Um, let's see. Um, ooh, I've read so many. Uh, okay, so one of the ones that I read recently was the Spirit of the Disciplines. That one is a good one for me. It's about spiritual practices, the ties that bind. I think that's what it's called. It's a family of origin book. It helps you look at your own stuff. I don't, I don't want to say, everybody's talking about Think and Grow Rich. I won't say that one. That, that you said that's a great one. Man. It's good, but... I promise, you, I promise you half of our guests yeah. say that one. You right? Yeah. Right. You know, <laughs> uh, it's, it's a good one. Uh, you know, I will have to come back to you. Right, two is good. Two is good. Okay, yeah, okay. I'll give you a series. I love C.S. Lewis. I love C.S. Lewis's books. I love the Narnia Chronicles. I'll just say Narnia that. I'll be. I'll be out the box. I, all, all the all the Chronicles. Yeah. I, I, I agree with you on that one. I love the Narnia Chronicles too. Man. You know, he originally started writing because he wanted to dispel the religion. He wanted mm. to prove that it was like not existent. Like oh, you're wrong. Me. Yeah, and then as he started, he was like, "Oh well, maybe I am wrong." <laughs> yeah, his um, the the what what is it? Um, the Great Divorce. That's one of my favorite ones. That's Ooh. one of my favorite ones. Is I, I love C.S. Lewis. Yes. Well, Drew, is you ready, man, to play ten K in ten days, my guy? Yeah, I have no <laughs> idea what to expect here, so I'm I'm good. Let's go. All right, man. So we have a lot of people come here and say that they are bosses. So if you're a boss, this game right here is going to prove that. All right. So I'm going to break the rules down to you. So you got 10 days to make $10,000. We're going to start you out with $100. You can't borrow money or get get a loan from family, banks, or anything like that. You can use your intellectual property that you already have, your education and whatever business that you already own. But book. You're in your book. But the kicker on that part is nobody Nobody knows knows you. you. Nobody. So it's like you're starting from ground zero. You still get to use the internet. And we're going to uh, bless you with a beater truck to get around town in. You can't leave out of the city limits in that thing, but yes. you can get around town in. If you attempt to pass the city limit sign to leave outside your county, it will break down. Okay. <laughs> so with that being said, we want you to tell our listeners step by step how you're going to go about getting that 10K in 10 days. 10K, 10 days. Oh, and if you get the 10K in 10 days, we're going to bless you with another 10K. So you'll leave out of here with 20K, but it's going to be boss bucks. <laughs> okay, boss bucks. Okay, so what I would do, I got a hundred bucks and I have a book that I've written, which is an amazing book. So nobody knows me, not even the past people who have read the book. No, no, nobody knows me. So this is, I just wrote this book. Okay, so what I would do is I would approach the most high profile people that I know who are obviously in need of addressing this emotional pain. And I would support them to see how useful this is to make them look really good and to benefit their cause. And then I would support them to endorse it. Um, And they would 
fun programs so that they look really, really, really good. And that's that's what I would do. I wouldn't even have to leave the city. I would just find the people within the city and help them to look good. But then they also have that personal benefit as well. So they'd be long-term uh, clients. So yeah, I would get a large deal for $10,000, right, on the spot. And beyond that, get more. I, I love that answer because that's like how my answer is like, I don't understand what's the big deal. Just get one client and you're done here, right? There you go. There you like, go. I don't even need those 10 days. I'm just going to go ahead and just get it right now. In 10 days, I'm going to be making more money. So, Andrew, you are indeed a boss. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate the affirmation. You know, Les Brown told me once, he said, Queen Kimmy, the best speakers make the fewest words go the farthest. Yes. Mm. And um, when you say you're a boss and you have to give me 10, 15, 30 minutes of, I'll do this, 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 I'll do this. I love it because our listeners actually take notes and they actually go and they implement mm. from the 10K because like I said, they're first and second generation entrepreneurs. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm glad to be here, and I'm looking forward to the journey with y'all. Very, very much so. Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, Drew, before we let you go, man, um, what's something that you want to leave the world with, man? When you're no longer here, and you just left out of a room, and you want the crowd to be sitting back talking about, hey, Andrew said this, Andrew did this. What's something you want the world to know you by? You know what? This is something that everybody can do and make the world a better place. Learn how to respond to emotional injury with care and competence. It's not enough to love. You got to know what you're doing. You got to know what you're talking about. And you can learn that today and apply that today. Thank you so much, Drew. You heard it here first on the Boss Effect podcast. Yes, indeed. And Drew, we're grateful to have you, man. Thanks again for being on the Boss Effect. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Peace. You've been listening to Sean Seven and Queen Kimmy. With an IE. Thanks for tuning in to the Boss Effect Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review. Be sure to share this thing out. Share this thing out. Hey, share this thing out. Share this thing out. Tune in every Tuesday for more exciting insights and wisdom on being your own boss. And until next time, peace and blessings in both life and business. Remember, what works for us might not work for you. So take what you need and leave what you don't.